Yo, thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast. I just wanted to say that the audio and visual of this episode, along with maybe a few others, isn't the best. We just moved into this new studio and we've been playing around with these settings and lighting and angles and whatnot, just trying to get settled in. So it's been an adjustment, but um, it's cost some content quality, which is unfortunate. But um, I guess production quality, the content's amazing. So keep listening, but just be aware that the audio visual probably isn't the greatest. But other than that, enjoy the show. Regardless of what of it all, like what I've done and what I've chosen, I paid for you, you're bought and paid for, and I clean, I cleaned everything, all your iniquity and sin, I'm blotting it out like, like a thick cloud, and starting to really process that and see how he sees me. Even to this day, it's just been like so renewing and refreshing, like wow, like his work is done, the work is complete, it's sufficient, mm-hmm. and I can go on through this day like joyfully and realizing like the power of what he did. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Things You Don't Hear in Church podcast. My name is Ethan. And my name is Derek. Guys, check us out on social media. Um, we just had a, a post blow up. That was fun. That was kind of viral. Uh, never really had that happen except maybe one or two times. Yeah, um, so keep following us. Keep sharing. Keep sharing the podcast. And um, it's growing. All thanks to you guys. Yep. So we appreciate it. Leave reviews, reviews. All that kind of stuff. Reviews help a lot. Yeah. Uh, like, subscribe. Tells the algorithm that, hey, people need this content. So you want your friends to get saved. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a, a way to do it. You also can share the gospel, but that's a way to do it. But anyways, let's there get into it. Man, guys, today we have a fun guest. It's going to be a fun podcast today. We're continuing in a, a little series we had doing every once in a while, trying to incorporate some more testimonies and just conversations into the show instead of just like interviews about mm-hmm. uh, different topics from experts. And we just want to talk about real life Christians doing real life stuff, right? And having their lives changed. So uh, today we got in the studio with us, Colby. And I actually never said your last name. Mile. Mile. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was thinking about that today. I was like, it, how do you say that? Yeah. Mile does not make sense. We used to always be like, when we were playing football, we'd be like, Colby Meow for the touchdown. Meow. Meow. Uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> yep. That's funny. Uh-huh. But this guy's super great, y'all. Um, we have had tons of great conversations. He's mm-hmm. just a, a genuinely cool guy. Uh, Ex-OG freaking gamer. Literally almost, literally almost pro. Twitch legend. Uh, maybe in the future or something like that. Like he's a super <laughs> cool guy, loves the Lord with all his heart, has some great things in front of him, uh, and he just has some great stories to tell, and I think we can have some great conversations, so mm-hmm. we wanted to have him on. Uh, so, Colby, welcome to the show, man. Thank yeah. you so much. It's been a blessing to be here, and yeah, I'm just glad to have some fellowship and jump in with y'all. Yeah. You're here for the first day, we got these like new lights up and stuff, Yeah, and, and all this stuff, so we're kind of blind right now, but it's, <laughs> yeah, right? it's fun. As long as you don't look to the camera, you your eyes will be okay. <laughs> yeah, so Colby and Darian and I just met probably two months ago, uh, maybe two months ago at this point. Yeah, January um, 16th. Yeah, he joined us in ministry and has been, has been part of our organization. And I just remember like one of the first conversations we had, it was like a deep conversation about discipleship. Mm-hmm. And then Darian and I were like, we should have him on the podcast. That was, like, that yeah, was great. Because like, it's not often that people maybe of like just everyday Christianity or like maybe non-pastors or like non-professors or whatever talk about deep surrender or talk about deep like hey we need to give up our lives to follow Christ and do whatever he's called us to and what does it even mean to be a disciple and even since then we've had so many fun conversations about so many different things yeah and so I'm excited so we want to get into here a bit a little bit about your testimony um if there's any specific place you want to start anything you want to say I mean anything on your heart that you want to share first well, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely blessed to be here and be able to share. I don't know where to start because there's so many different stories and chapters, but um, 
Yeah, like, uh, I grew up um, in Virginia. I have three siblings. I'm the youngest of four. And uh, we didn't really grow up in a, a believing household. Like, yeah, we'd say prayers every now and then before meals. And, you know, mm-hmm. we'd go to Easter Sunday every now and then. But, um, yeah, we didn't grow up in the church that often. And my family had it real rough. My dad, he was uh, he worked real hard for our family. My older siblings, he went hard on them, like, discipline-wise. Because mm. he wanted to bring them up right, you know what I mean? Mm. And, like, when you become a dad, it's not like you're certified prior to. It's like, boom, your lady's pregnant. Oh, boom, a kid pops out, and here yeah. you are. And um, so, yeah, he was real hard on my older siblings, and that kind of was tough on them as well. And we grew up in a real, like harsh area and so uh yeah they all kind of had real real rough lives and i'm being me being the youngest i got to see all that and analyze it and process Mm -hmm. like that is not the way to go (laughs) and um but in it one day uh how i even like started hearing about the lord my brother he was a gangbanger and he had like a 180 and he had asked me randomly something that he would never do so i knew he had asked me if I was like a virgin, just and he would never oh. talk about any type of intimate, soft, personal, yeah, any yeah. ever. So I was like, there has to be a god, like yeah. something's happened. This <laughs> dude's been struck by lightning for sure. And so um, he started asking me, and he started telling me about Jesus. And then Whoa. I remember I was like, uh, just had no idea about anything when he started talking to me about it. But I just knew the fact that he's saying something like that's gentle mm-hmm. or soft or personal, that something's going on. Yeah. And then um, that seed was planted, and I, at the time, I was uh, living with my best friend. His name was Deontay. We were in high school. I got to live with my best friend senior year. It was tight. Wow. Yeah. And um, he, his best friend prior to me coming in, his name was Micah, and he was a pastor's son. Hmm. And I used to come in and kind of actually tear him away from the church. Oh. I used to make fun of church and religion and belief and really all of it. Just And I used to be like, all these people wasting all their Sundays and time at church and they're going to die and there'll be nothing. I remember saying that in the room. I still remember it. And I'm telling that to him and long story short, I graduate and I'm working construction um, outside and at the time I'm smoking, gaming, drugs and like caught up in just the nothingness of life. Mm-hmm. Of what you're trying to make life to be, I guess, in your own power and while I'm doing construction, I'm 17. I'm working like 60, 80 hour weeks. I remember I was pissed. I was just yeah. so mad. I'm making, I'm working so long, so hard and as a kid. Yeah. And then one day I'm sitting outside of a high school and the bell rings and it's right around like June. And I know all these kids are going to leave this nice school and go to college. And I'm mad because I had grew up always wanting to go to college and play ball. And I had been playing football since I was real young and I was real good and then um, my brother had gotten some trouble so we had to move from a real nice area to a real ghetto area Mm. and I remember I was just so mad because it was like I was doing good I was being a good son I was being a good student getting good grades Mm -hmm. and then we moved to this real ghetto area where it's just like there's no way for success and everybody that lives there knows it too Mm. and I had never so I was in like culture shock throughout high school so I started pushing it off but anyhow I just remember one day uh, God just the very first time I felt like he was saying something to me, he's like, kind of like, it wasn't harsh. It was just like, you can go to school too. Like, what are you crying about? Like, it's not over. You know what I mean? And um, from there, yeah, I just started, uh, he just started opening up doors and led me to Liberty University Christian School mm-hmm. using football because that was what I re- the reason why I wanted to go. Because at the time, I was still kind of like, yeah. I don't want to go to no stupid Christian school. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> and um, yeah, I, I visited my mom. I remember she was like, just let's just go visit the school let's just go visit the school Mm -hmm. and i'm like 
I'm being all hard about it. I'm like, no, nah, no, nah, I want to go to Richmond. And I'm thinking, like, mm-hmm. my old lifestyle. And then we go visit, and I see it, and the campus is so clean and so light. And the people were running around. Like, the people just there, there was something about them. Mm-hmm. And, I'm, and I'm like, and I just remember we, we get driving back home, and I'm like, Mom, can I really go here? And, like, complete 180. Wow. And I'm just stoked and super excited that I can possibly go to this school. And then um, I apply. Now, mind you. I was doing great in school and football and everything all the way up until middle school. Mm-hmm. My brother got expelled, and the only school that would accept him in Virginia was the school that I was at. Which So all these high schools wouldn't accept him because he got expelled. Mm-hmm. But this one school we moved to would accept him. Oh. So that tells you how far down the ladder yeah. we went. And then, um, so I started not caring in high school. I had like straight A's all the way through, you know, elementary, middle school, good grades. And then once I got in high school, my freshman year I cared. But after that, I just kind of mixed in with the culture of not caring mm-hmm. and i had a 2.175 gpa mm-hmm. and i remember applying a little bit like no way they're gonna accept me my grades are horrible senior year, i skipped like 40 days of school and everything wow. all of a sudden i get accepted and uh yeah just going into liberty and seeing people there's this teacher uh for evangelism his name was dr willer mm-hmm. and my uh best friend at the time deontay the one i lived with he he didn't believe in the lord he's agnostic and um he had came second semester of that year, and even he, when he saw that Dr. Willer, he was like, there's something about that guy. And I and he, I remember I felt the exact same way. Mm-hmm. And so that was the first time, yeah, I really started seeing, like, people following the Lord, spirit-led, being obedient, and the power of God in people's lives. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah, what was that like for you? Was it like you wanted to, because evangelism is all about, like, talking to people, sharing your faith. Was that what gripped you? We're like, oh, this guy's like boldly talking about Christianity in a way that like is coherent and it's not just like, yeah, pretend, have faith. It's like, oh, there's reasons for faith. Is that what kind of got you? Or was it more of the people seeing that were genuinely happy? Uh, it was both because I remember I went, I had his class and, um, yeah, I mean, he has such a sound mind, you know, in regards to like just apologetics, love, yeah, things being coherent, everything going together smooth, but also like, outside of the class alone if you just saw him walking and he doesn't see you because it's college campus there's so many people you could just see him walking and like it's like a beam of light is just coming down <laughs> and he just so much joy and love in the sky and you're like that's awesome so it was just it was both you know what i mean yeah. his light was truly on the table shining mm-hmm. bright for all to see wow. and um yeah so at that time like you know really starting to and be surrounded with brothers and sisters in christ and i don't know the value of that yet mm-hmm. like i just accepted the Lord like right before I got there I remember saying a prayer in my bed I remember I had like kind of came in like an attacking way to my brother I was like well Jesus is real why would boom 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 if God loves me if God is real why would he do this why would he create evil just all the questions I possibly could and my brother did pretty good on on the response enough for me to like lay down that night and pray for him to come in my life and then I had went to college seeing this guy and at the time uh, while I was at college football was everything so I had went there for football and um freshman year walked on made the team and then i remember uh in regards to getting ready to play and everything i'd been training all day all the time three days just grinding 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 and i remember after making it i remember talking to my mom me and her so so stoked but then we find out i can't actually play because the high school i went to wasn't accredited and so then i'm just like blasted you know i'm just like dang but I'm still hungry, so I keep grinding, you know, I keep on training, and I'm like, all right, well, I have to get a year under my belt for school right. and things in order to play. Mm-hmm. And so I just keep pursuing it, but while I'm pursuing football, the Lord's starting to come in. Like, football was here, my God, and then 
God's starting to come up. You know, he's a jealous God. He's like, oh, I'm yeah. about to take that throne because only one can sit on the throne. Yeah. And at the time it was football, but now that I'm starting to know the most high, he, he just is who he is. He's the most high, so football can't be above. And so I'm starting to fall in love with him. And in that process, you know, it's just, you know, give and take, give and take. But eventually, I mean, he just has me in a, such a vulnerable place where I'm willing to give up football mm-hmm. and want to do it and want to follow him. And that's what ends up happening. And, and um, yeah, truly football in my life, like growing up, it, football, that's all it was. Mm-hmm. Football, football, football. And then once that, once I gave up football, it was easy. There was no other distractions. I had given up football, me and the Lord's relationship. Wow, that's great. Yeah. Wow. How, so wait, how long did you play football for there? Uh, well, it was that freshman year I had walked on, made the team, and then from there, sophomore year, I had to wait. Mm-hmm. And I had stopped right towards sophomore, sophomore year. I had let it go, didn't gotcha. even pursue it or play anymore. Yeah. I remember uh, the tryouts, because it was when I was supposed to try out the next time. Mm-hmm. I remember I'm with a huge group of guys. I'm in tip-top shape, and um, I remember do the tryout, and I remember before going to the tryout, I had this peace. It was like peace past all understanding. Mm-hmm. No nervousness, no anxiety. It's like you were in yeah. before, but getting ready to go run. I remember we're all going to get ready to go to like this like lake area, but before we go, I'm going to do the tryout and then go. I go and do the tryout, and I remember I kill it. I dominate. Run 4-3. 740 I'm like everyone's in shock everyone's all like oh my gosh you ran the bat. like NFL speed and everyone's going crazy and I'm yeah. in great shape but I remember after the trial immediately after the trial I was like I'm not gonna play football wow. I just knew and I was like I'm not gonna play football and they're like what are you talking about you just ran a 4-3 that's NFL speed and you're huge and all this and blah yeah. blah blah and like I'm like I'm not gonna play and I remember there's a group of guys surrounded by me and I'm like and they're all asking me, like, why? I'm like, because I just feel like God's leading me elsewhere, and he wants me to do other things. Yeah. And they're like, no way. You, well, he's going to use it. I was like, I'd rather do what God wants yeah. over what I want. And if he tells me, then so be it. That's crazy. And, um, yeah, that was, the like, the very beginning. Because now, like, there's no distractions for me. I'm just straight mm-hmm. lining with God. So me and his relationship, yeah, it truly just takes off. And from there, uh, man, the enemy, he comes quick, though. He knows, mm-hmm. like, once there's no distractions, I start bowling out with the Lord. And then I remember I was... Uh, I still was had all my, my, my boys who were used to training track, football and stuff. Yeah. And me and my track buddy are riding our bike. All of a sudden this girl walks by and I've never been interested in any girl. I'm 21 at the time, still virgin and no girl I'd, had I ever seen that I wanted to pursue. And then all of a sudden, boom, this girl walks by. And um, I remember I was like, just in awe, I'm like, I have to pursue her. Yeah. We start talking and everything. We're best friends for like two years or whatnot, but... Then me ends up using that to try to derail me and get me distracted wow. and everything, and um, yeah, and, and like pursuing her and going through all these things, I start to find like the Lord uses it. It's a lot of hardships, mm-hmm. but um, He uses it to grow me. And I didn't realize yet about like suffering, yeah, and how that's a part of the walk, not the yeah, you know, follow the Lord and the prosperity gospel on this earth. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. And so um, yeah, I'm going through that process, learning like. What it really means to follow him is, like, yeah, I let go of that, but what about the new desires? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you experience any other kind of, like, spiritual warfare or attacks and stuff like that when you're giving your life to the Lord and that process of, like, giving up everything for him besides that girl? Oh, yeah. Oh, man, I was, yeah, there, there, was, there were so many different things. Like, one day I remember I was in the prayer chapel. I'm sitting in, and I hadn't shared that with this many that many people, but now I feel more comfortable to do it because I understand all the details about it. Like, I wouldn't share this with people prior, but now I feel comfortable in doing yeah. it. I was in the prayer chapel of the Lord, and I remember he was telling me, like, he wanted me to pray for suffering. 
Mm. I'm like, what? Like, this don't make no sense, <laughs> right? But I'm, I'm just feeling this urge to pray for suffering. I'm like, what? This doesn't make any sense. But I, but he's telling me. It's almost like an Abraham thing. Like, go sacrifice the son that you promised me? What? What are you talking about? Yeah. And so, like, oh, so I do. And after that, that's when that girl, so many things, my best friend had been struggling. Just so many, I just blasted by so many different things. And all in the details about those. But ultimately, I hadn't read the verse yet about rejoicing your suffering. Because mm-hmm. suffering brings endurance. Endurance brings character. And character yeah. brings hope. So now when I explain to people even about the Lord leading me in that, I can explain that really he wasn't just having me pray for suffering. He said really having me pray for hope. Hmm. And so looking at that wow. perspective now, I, I'm able to do it. Because I was weary. I didn't want people to get derailed or do, detract from following the Lord or in some weird, like, what right. is he talking about? But now hmm. I realize what I was really asking. Hmm. And um, in that regard, though, yeah, man, oh, I got blasted because I never got my heart broke. And so, like I said, I never pursued a girl, but it was through her. And then uh, friendships, my best friend, we had we had grown up together. The guy I lived with senior, Deontay, yeah. he was agnostic and everything. And I would go home in between breaks and stuff and try to figure out how to share the Lord with him. Because mm-hmm. I would be on fire at school, just, and then I'll go back home. And now I don't have my community. I don't have my brothers and sisters in Christ. I don't have all that foundation and mm-hmm. and then I would get with him and try to like pour that fire into him but then all of a sudden I start dwindling down mm-hmm. no I don't want to smoke weed no more but I want to hang out with you and then we go hang out and then all of a sudden I'm with all my boys again and mm-hmm. we're chilling and then all of a sudden boom smoking weed right yeah. boom drinking and they knew I didn't want to do it mm-hmm. but yet I would fall into it every time yeah. well it's kind of like Proverbs says bad company corrupts good morals mm-hmm. you know and there's there's a point to be said about like hey pursue your friends and share the gospel and try to be the light to them but mm-hmm. there is a point yeah like when you gotta be like all right we can't hang out in this capacity anymore like we can go do other things i'll play basketball if you guys i can't go back to the crib maybe you know but when you were pursuing god in this like deep way and like you said your, your relationship got skyrocketed what did your personal like time with god look like was it like a lot of prayer times of worship times of reading the bible was it more reading the bible and what, what would that all look like for people to try to like real for people listening maybe they can like take something oh i can do that today or i can do this like i can start that yeah oh yeah absolutely so like some like the detailed things like so i used to still i still had trained you know i was Mm -hmm. i'd given get let go of football but the lifestyle of training was still so like in my life yeah so that carried over into training up of being a follower of the lord and so it became yeah routine of like early morning waking up and reading the word um, and then there were certain things like before afternoon workouts. So if I worked out at 4 p.m., it was still doing three days just for the workout's sake mm-hmm. and things like that. But like 4 p.m. workout before then, I, it had became a thing where I would I would read the word, spend whatever amount of time in the word, and, and then learn a lesson, digest it, and then I would send it out to pretty much everybody in my phone. Anytime wow. I gave my number out to anybody, I was like, <laughs> all right, you got my number, but I'm going to be sharing some of the gospel and I'm going to break down what it means. And so wow. I had started doing that, and those were just... Wow. I couldn't go work out unless I did it. And it wasn't like a a weight, like a burden, like, mm-hmm. oh, I made this vow or anything. It wasn't even like that. It was just like I started finding my my wholeness in the Lord, not the working out. And those were the things that I took pleasure in. Uh-huh. And so reading the word was just one thing, the prayer life, um, worship, like songs and things like that. And then going to spend quiet time with the Lord, you know, like taking refuge with him and like realize like, I can talk to him about anything deeper than any person I can talk to. Like the things that we even want to hide before yeah. other people. Yeah. So it was a multitude of things and like learning like to clean up the 
your mind, your thoughts. And the more I started to read the word, I started to find out, you know, he says, have no evil thoughts. Mm -hmm. I know he says, those who don't hold a tight rein on their tongue deceive themselves and their religion is worthless. Yeah. So I started learning all these things through his word because, like, you know, I was used to cursing. I was used to just giving in to lustful thoughts of looking at women and things like that. And then I see him start to clean up my 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 perspective about how I see different people and, and women and my, my words and seeing him clean that up too. Yeah. And so he, it just was like a transformation and just always, he was like, I don't want you to be out in that party scene no more. And so starting to recognize, and that's when I had got a, a tattoo on my chest of James 4.17. It's so whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it for him it is sin. Mm -hmm. So it became really just intimate on what am I hearing from the Lord right now and am I doing it? And so that process played out in everything I did every day. Hmm. Any things that I like, he's like, nah, I need you to rest. And like, listening, am I going to listen or not? So it played out into everything, reading, playing sports, just any activity. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's great. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Dang. That's really cool uh, testimony, man. Was there any of the ways that like, sort of supernatural ways you felt like the enemy was trying to get at you during that time? Oh. It sounds like you're really evolving and growing towards the Lord in like some massive like really massive ways you got some discipline in there oh and yeah I know when like when the enemy sees someone really committing themselves to the Lord like that like he really goes after them oh yeah the, hard. the suffering happened oh yeah I mean I, <laughs> I broke down the suffering part I, I mean I, like years have been like wiped out from like my memory low key like from like oh. 22 to 25 I, I, I don't even like really remember the gist of any of those years wow and um because I would gotten my heart broke from that girl. I remember I pursued her and I was pouring into her. Mm. I think we were talking for like two years or something like that. And I had never done anything with her. And I remember, you know, I'm like madly in love, at least to what I think love is and everything. Mm. And I'm pouring to the Lord and in, in things. But I always knew like deep down, I was like, I don't know how her relationship is with the Lord and things. Like that. But I saw it always just pour, pour, pour. Yeah. And then long story short, um, I felt like the Lord was telling me like to let it go. And I'm over here really having a huge argument now with God and wrestling with God. And I'm not realizing it at the time. But I'm like, what are you talking about? I came and I've done all this work. I've poured in. I've been boom, 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 all this stuff. Mm. And I'm like, now you want me to let it go? Like, what? And I'm I'm not realizing that's exactly what I was doing. And little mm. did I know, like, you know, he's a big God. He has big plans and things mm. like that. But in my stubbornness of not trusting God and rejecting what God wants me to do, I go through my own power. I'm like, all right, well, fine. Then I'll go through my own means and measures of whether like hooking up sex or, you know, doing the things that I knew I shouldn't do, even though if she wanted to, it, I wouldn't do it before because I was honoring the Lord. But now that I'm feeling like he's telling me, I'm like, no, I'm pushing him off, you know? Huh. And so I'm going through my own means and power. And so then I remember one day we finally end up um, messing around and things like that. And I just remember I was so torn because it was just like, I remember before even I was just like so grieved because I'm like knowing, I'm like sitting there and I'm like, I felt like God was on my left and she was on my right. And like God, it's like wanting me to come to her, him, but she's wanting me to go to her and I'm just torn. Like, wow. And now when I see it, it's like exactly that. It's the flesh mm. and the spirit and they mm. oppose each other. And she knew I was grieved even about like the whole situation. And, and she claimed to believe too, but I knew it was like something was off. But she was getting on me about like not giving in. Mm. And, but once I kind of fell down that rabbit hole and, and did and everything like that, the man, it just got, I just beat myself up, the condemnation, all the things. Cause it's like, how could I do this? How could I stab the Lord in the back after he showed me all this love and grace? But that was the beginning of it all. 
because he was like, yeah, I'm going to show you who I am through all of this mm-hmm. and how I, I loved you through all your sin, your iniquity and all of that. Mm-hmm. And what I do when I come clean house, I clean it. Like I clean it fully and I get it in order and I sweep it. And it's like, and he used it all, like all the pain. Cause there was just so much after that. Like my best friend had committed suicide. Um, the one that I'd grown up with and everything. And like, I just remember torn up about that too. Cause it's like, dang, like, was that because of my like lukewarm double-mindedness and not knowing how to handle mm-hmm. the word bad company does corrupt good character and like mm-hmm. and i wasn't i felt like i wasn't bold as possible and i remember he would see me torn too like i would come back and he knows that i was i don't want to do these things but i loved hanging out with them mm-hmm. so it's yeah. like i would hang out but then a couple days later all of a sudden we'd hang out again this time i'm giving into the things that he knows i didn't want to so and then you know him passing away and, and it's just like i was just Everything I felt like was just getting blasted. Wow. And I remember talking to God and I'm like, God, like, why would you have me pray for this suffering if you knew that I'm going to turn away from you? Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, it's like he reveals, like, through it all, like, thick and thin and going through a lot of the stories that I'm not going down, like, breaking down right now, I guess. It's just to show, like, his unstoppable love. Like, he's like, you know, he says it's better to finish something than to start something, right? Mm-hmm. So it's better to finish than to start. And we're talking about the most high. He does the best of the best. And he was like, explain, like, when I started something in you, I'm bringing it to completion. You know, regardless what you go through, regardless if you pull a David and go sleep with Bathsheba, regardless if you pull a Peter and deny me after knowing me and being so bold for me, or regardless if, you know, it's like what Hosea's wife and you you get married and you go be the prostitute again and you push me off. It's like, regardless of of it all, like what I've done and what I've chosen, I paid for you, you're bought and paid for and I clean, I cleaned everything, all your iniquity and sin. I'm blotting it out like a, like a thick cloud, and starting to really process that and see how he sees me. Even to this day, it's just been like so renewing and refreshing. Like wow, like his work is done, the work is complete, it's sufficient, mm. and I can go on through this day like joyfully and realizing like the power of what he did. Mm. Yeah, mm. there's always times like randomly I'm like going about my day and I'll think about like salvation and be like. Because sometimes people like Christians maybe have a hard time experiencing like total freedom of like joy and love and peace yeah. and all that stuff. And sometimes I think like, wait, I'm allowed to be happy. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wait, yeah, like I'm not, I don't have to be upset about this. I'm like, the Bible says, happy is he whose sins are forgiven. Mm-hmm. And, in, and his presence is joy and his right hand pleasures forevermore. Or like his right hand is joy and pleasures forevermore, something like that. And it's like, once you realize that, you're like, wait, like how blessed is the man whose like, iniquity God has forgiven? And it's like, wow, I'm blameless. I'm mm-hmm. free. Mm-hmm. There's nothing counted against me. There's yeah. no, no reason for me to feel ashamed about anything. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm totally clean and just lifted of all guilt. I'm like, wow. And it's like nothing that really happened that day other than like, I'm just like, wow, I got a lot of work. I'm really stressed. And then God's like, With that there's, alone, no, there's no sin on you. And I'm like, oh, wow, how great. Agreed. <laughs> Seriously, even on like the routine and like, it's just like, oh, this is a regular day. But then you lock into that in that moment and it's just like boom like because what he i mean it's just so beautiful how he really does like come and clean it all up and he's like this isn't like based upon your performance and yeah there's balances and things like that you know of faith that works and such on but it's like he completed it and walking in that freeness and that like uh we're talking about the joy mm-hmm. something that i'd love because people had always said it and it recently was said to me and this is just like recent and i was having a hard time, people would always come to me like, oh, but you have so much wisdom and X, Y, Z. And I'm like, they've said to me recently, 
because there's a verse where he's like, to whom much wisdom is given, much sorrow is given. Mm-hmm. And I was feeling oh, really wow. grieved and real sorrowful recently, and I was real down. And, but then the Lord had revealed it to me the other day. It was, uh, we were at North Shore. It was uh, Sunday. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting there, and I'm talking to the Lord one-on-one, and, you know, I'm crying out to him, like, Lord, I need you. Because, like, he's, you know, I haven't shared on the podcast all the story of how I'm even here right now. Yeah, yeah. Right. Of course, y'all know, but so I'm sitting there, I'm like, Lord, okay, so, yeah, you did give me all this, but then yet you... I get all this sorrow because you said that war, that that wisdom comes with that sorrow, mm-hmm. and then he gave me like a, a ball in an analogy. I was like, ah, okay, and it's all according to his words. So it's like I got a hundred tokens of wisdom, right? Mm-hmm. And that hundred tokens translates into a hundred tokens of sorrow. But then I had stopped there, and that's why it's so important that we just keep running to him and running to him and go into the word because it's like, how can a young man keep his way pure? I garden it according to his word. It's the word. Run, 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 run. Mm. And then all of a sudden, boom, in the word, he says that he'll turn your sorrows into joy. So it's really when I'm thinking the wisdom and, so- and turn the wisdom tokens turning into sorrow tokens, I stopped. I stopped early. Mm. And I'm, oh. now all of a sudden it's like, Lord. But then it's like, he's like, no, nah, I, I get you think you know, but keep following me. And then all of a sudden, boom, it goes from wisdom tokens turning into sorrow tokens turning into joy tokens. And then as he says, yeah. Don't grow weary in doing good, for in due season you will reap what you sow, as long as you don't quit. So that due season means that's a season to come. That means you're currently not in that season. So if I am in that sorrowful season, I know that joy season's coming. Those tokens are going to get trans, tr- transitioned into joy tokens, if that in this analogy regard. Yeah. And so I'm realizing, like, even now, it's like praise him. Like, yeah. Job, like, praise him now, regardless of what you're going through, whether it's raining, whether it's storming whatnot and so yeah just really starting to walk into that into this day and knowing that you know if he said it it's true wow did you pray for that like did you pray for that wisdom or did it just happen um like just throughout my life i i don't yeah i remember you know the verse where it's like let no one despise you for your youth mm-hmm. i think that got it all happened i don't know i think just through my life of how growing up it was obviously all the lord of anything that i have in any regard nothing is it's me, you know, it's mm-hmm. everything is him. So in regards to my childhood with my three older siblings, you know, they had a rough, you know, mm-hmm. they had a rough. And in seeing that there's a lot of tension and division in our household, mm-hmm. I was the only one everybody would go to individually. Well, like my brother wouldn't relate with my parents or other siblings, but me, mm-hmm. my other sister, nobody else but me, my other sister, nobody else but me. So I was always like a wow. centerpiece. and. In that regard, even my parents, they would fight about how to discipline whoever's acting up at that time, whether kick them out or whatnot. And when they would argue, they would go to me, and I'm only like 13. That's crazy. So it had always been in like a a counseling, learning way. And I remember while young, I remember it used to be so much more harsh because I'm just like, it seems like if they're not listening, you keep telling them. I remember being so harsh. And like, if they're not listening, you keep telling them, then just kick them out. And things would happen like that sometimes, things wouldn't happen like that. But seeing that the Lord used all those years, because I didn't really get to have that much fun because it was always so much tension. And that's mm-hmm. why I lived with my best friend senior in the first place. Mm-hmm. I wanted to get out of that. Yeah. Yeah. And um yeah, when it came to like just following the Lord when I did get to liberty and things like that, uh I don't know. I remember just people would always say, You have so much wisdom and I and I didn't understand what that all translates into, but now, even now, I'm realizing like he's gonna use everything, mm-hmm. and that's why it's like you do rejoice in your suffering, yeah, because mm-hmm. you realize he really will use all of it. Yeah. yeah. When you were having that time of like all the suffering happening and the girl and your best friend and everything, was there ever a question of like God, like why is this happening? What are you doing? 
And it were like, I know you probably felt upset, but did you actually like ask that? And if you did, did you ever get an answer? Oh, I, oh, I had some conversations with Most High. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Oh man. Oh, oh, I definitely had conversations with Most High, no doubt. And I was, I remember like, I don't. All I know is yeah, words were used. You know what I mean? Like yeah, I was yeah. keeping a buck because I just felt like he was so so far off. Yeah. And I'm like, and it's not even like I couldn't even when I was get fully going into the backslidden, lukewarm. State like life of just denying him. Mm-hmm. I knew he was there. I could, it was never a question whether he existed or whether he was there. That yeah. was never a question, right? It was just like, why would you do this if this is how it was going to turn out? Mm-hmm. So, it was just so much frustration. And like, so me going back to the old life, it wasn't even satisfying because I still, I've already tasted his goodness. Yeah. And so now I'm going to this garbage and I'm stuck in this garbage. And I saw so I would just get so frustrated because it's like, I want to go back to you. And I want to be with you. And I just remember just so much pain and hurt. And I would try to numb it out. And that's how I got into, like, gaming. Mm. And that's how I got into, like, other things to try to put my head in the, in the sand, you know, and hide. People do all different things. Men's work. Mm. Men do that all the time. Like, oh, I'm just going to work. I'm going to work, 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 mm. work, work. And then, you know, pride, drugs, sex, alcohol, yeah. all these different things. And for me, it had been, like, yeah, drugs and, like, porn and sex and, like, gaming just close your room you know the man who isolates himself seeks his own desire and so i'd been isolating myself well for a long time Hmm. and um but even then it's like an elijah thing you know i'm hiding in the cave and he's like oh no i'm doing stuff outside of this all along and for you still because i still love you and um yeah man uh through it all i mean of the hiding and everything like i see like there would be spurts where i would get so close to him again and then fall off Throughout those years, mm. like wild hide, and I'm like, Lord, and I, st- I still talk to him all the time, but mm. I would just disobey. I remember one time I was just like, I think I was on my back porch, I'm smoking weed, and I'm just like, God, I need you to clean me up, I need you to save me. And that's what the stint led me to, like, even getting this huge transition of how I got out here. It's like maybe like two years ago or a year and a half ago, on the back deck, and I remember I'm smoking, I'm like, Lord, I know this isn't it. And I've ran circle after circle after circle. I'm still in the same spot, you know. I've been traveling, doing this for 40 years now, it feels like. (laughs) And, um, yeah, it's just like coming to him with that heart, Mm. like being honest. I don't know why we try to play God. I don't know why, like Adam trying to hide. Like, why are you trying to hide? He's the only one that can heal, that can understand and see you. And so, um, yeah, I'm just learning about that authentic plan of, like, regularly talking to God. Wow. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's something everybody starts to build. And even like you said, like talking to God authentically, right? Yeah. Like just being completely honest, like using your words, letting him know how you feel. Yeah, for real. That's what he wants. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, when I was younger, I always thought like, so because some people, you know, always say like, oh, God, totally. Which he is, not saying he's not, but they'd be like, because he's so holy, you can't say certain words to him. And I remember I was like, I was a pretty new Christian and I thought, he knows my heart. Like, he knows it's he, really there. That's, like, well, the thing I would talk to my pastor about when I would talk to, talk to my pastor about swearing. I'm like, is swearing sinful? And he's like, well, I guess it depends on your heart. I was like, I agree. But if I say crap or anything else, like, my heart's still the same. So was, maybe my heart's sinful, but the words don't matter. Mm-hmm. And he was like, well, maybe you shouldn't swear. And I was like, maybe not. Probably because it's mostly, like, a bad witness, I'd say. Like, probably. But I was just like, yeah, I guess it, if it's the heart... And that's why he knows that I'm thinking it or I'm feeling it. Why not just say it to him? He's God. He can handle it. Yeah. Like so, he sees it anyway. But yeah. one time I remember I was like really emotional in my prayer. I said the F word and God was like, don't say that. 
Like, like it was like I said it and very quickly the spirit of the Lord was like, Don't say that around me. And I was like Sorry. But other things he's pretty I don't know why that were I don't know what the, what the reason was, maybe I was just having a bad attitude and you wanna check me. Mm. But but it was just very sharp, like, hey, there's a line. Yep. But I was like, Okay, you got right. Wow. But it was, it was crazy. Yeah, it's like, oh, my bad, my bad. I, I thought we were good, but I went a little too far. My bad, let's see. I digress. Got too comfortable. Because uh-huh. yeah. yeah. it is that all factor, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, sometimes it's, we do do that, you know? We'll get to the point where we do push the line too far, and then God's like, all right, I, I was mercy and grace, and I love you, but now you crossed it. Like, boom, because he whoops you down. Like, I haven't talked about that all throughout, all this whole time I hadn't mentioned. Go there. It's a good perspective. Yeah, he he don't he don't play no games like, but that's all love. Like he says, he chastises them whom he loves, mm-hmm. and so throughout all these years, oh man, I've been whooped down so many different times. Give me an example. It's like uh, torn. I had a torn peck in this right peck. I remember yeah. I'd watched porn uh, the night before or something like that, and I go to the gym, and the very next day I'm benching three fifteen, and we're knocking out reps, and all of a sudden out of nowhere. Boom, huge tear just going all the way down. All this is black oh, and purple. And like, people are like, oh, well, it doesn't work like that, blah, blah, blah. But the Lord does talk about sexual morality being the only sin against the body. Furthermore, as well as James 4, 7, right back to it. So I already knew he had convicted me so many times, like, holy, stop, stop. And as he says, like, don't stiffen your neck to me too many times. You'll be broken beyond healing. Mm-hmm. Certain things. And then that's just like one. I had so many injuries mm. from being unpure and not listening to him. So many injuries. And then, um, like, right after, though, you know what I mean? It's not like we're talking, like, oh, that's from a month ago. It'd be like, right. I, I act like an idiot. And he's like, well, bam. He's like, get in line. Wow. You know, because he even says, like, someone who doesn't discipline their, ch- their child with a rod of discipline, it's not that they don't love them. Mm-hmm. It's not even that they only kind of care about them. It says that they hate them. Yeah. They yeah. hate them. And if I'm his child, he's definitely like, oh, I love you. So I'm definitely going to put you in check. And it had been so many times. I remember um, probably like, yeah, two years ago, I hadn't, I never really messed around with Adderall besides like maybe like college, like recreationally or anything like that. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so I'm gaming. I remember like, I'm all right, I'm going to try Adderall. And I get Adderall for the first time, like prescribed or whatever. Cause you can just do whatever you want in big pharma. And it's like, yeah. I go and get it prescribed. And I remember I start falling Lord though again right around that time though a little bit after though and i feel like the lord's starting to put in my heart like i don't want you doing this i don't want you taking this but i'm like i'm working hard i'm doing good i'm even reading the word again i'm using trying to justify it all yeah yeah mm-hmm. and then uh out of nowhere one day i'm i'm going upstairs and he just completely boom he he knocked the whole house down he was like you're not gonna build something that's for me upon sand upon upon a false foundation mm-hmm. and all of a sudden here i am laying in my bed legit like paralyzed for like two days straight like literally every inch of my body hurt like private part, everything hurt Excru- i couldn't move it hurt to literally lift my head up off the bed for like an inch like just literally lift my do anything turn over everything wow when i was finally able to get up and walk i couldn't even open up my door to get out of my room i had to like i had both hands just trying to turn it i couldn't car doors everything he took all my strength away and so that was like he had already been doing it all the years before, but now he escalated it. He's like, it's time to really put on some real discipline for you to get focused and get in line with what I'm telling you to do. Yeah. And so in him also revealing, like, I give you everything. I give you all your strength. I give wow. you your intellect. I give so you everything. Wow. You're thinking that these things are, I'd gotten anxiety attacks for the first time 
at like I'm 29 now, what is it, 28 or 27? I never had a panic or anxiety attack my whole life. Mm. All of a sudden, I'm driving. We're we're, we're uh, I'm working for a moving company. I'm in the passenger seat driving down the road. And all of a sudden, boom! I feel like I can't breathe, and I'm in the passenger seat and. We're driving down the highway, and I had never experienced like anything like this in my whole life. I want to jump out of the truck. We're driving down the highway 70 miles an hour, and I literally want to. I'm contemplating opening the door and jumping out of the truck because I feel like I can't breathe, and I never experienced it. My life, I remember it flashed before my eyes. We all hear about it, but it legit did. I remember from like elementary school to middle school to high school to college, and, and in between to now, all these thoughts and decisions that I was making, I processed like that, and I was like, "What am I doing?" Like in the middle of having things, I, like I need to get it together. And I remember just um, we turn around and tell the guy like we have to pull over, we stop, and I just like hyperventilating, going up and down. I felt like I couldn't breathe at all. And then from there on, maybe for the next like three weeks, every night I couldn't sleep, like I just because I couldn't breathe. If I lay down, I would be exhausted, falling asleep in my chair. And then I'm like, all right, let me go get in my bed to sleep. Couldn't sleep. I couldn't breathe. As soon as I lay down, I couldn't breathe. I would have to go outside just to get air outside every, all the time mm. so he just started doing it in so many different ways like you need to focus up like, what was his repercussion of uh multiple things the adderall weed i was i was just the lukewarm double-minded backslidden mm -hmm. fully in it uh -huh. and like i hadn't hadn't been pursuing him though even though yeah. like it was like yeah i still knew he was there and yeah i knew what he had taught me before and everything but i wasn't following him you know what i mean you know it's like the prodigal son aspect uh -huh. and um yeah, like sex, porn, drugs. Wasn't really drinking that much, but in gaming, being a sloth, mm -hmm. you know, like just not doing what I'm supposed to be doing yeah. at the mm -hmm. end of the day, mm -hmm. period. You know what I mean? Like what good is it if you hear it, but you don't do it? Yeah. And so, um, yeah, he just came in and started whooping me down for real, for real. And like, wow. then it all started with the, the beginning. He says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom. Mm -hmm. Like the fear of the Lord, that's the beginning, that's alpha. Yeah. And so he started showing me that because, like, I look at it now, you know, that's alpha. And then omega is those who perfected in love cast out all fear. And we got a whole process of going through of learning what Abba's love is for us. But um, as he broke that down, yeah, man, eventually it's like, if I do this, this is going to be the repercussion. So, no, I'm not. And then eventually it grows into me not even desiring to do it more and more like the fleshly things. And starting to hate them again and starting to realize that if you're with the Lord dwelling in you and what he loves and what he also hates. Mm -hmm. And so it started growing more and more, and then I started getting on fire like how I was in college again mm -hmm. for the first time in so many years. Because mm -hmm. I'd been on fire for college, and then boom, went through all that, and then mm -hmm. completely fall off. Wow. And then this is, that led me out from Virginia to Colorado, because my family and my cousins have, have a journey going on out there. That's a whole other story. Mm -hmm. And then um, that's, yeah, what stimulated me to getting out here. Yeah, that's crazy. So when you started like repenting and following God, did you notice like all that stuff stop with panic attacks? Like, oh yeah. Oh man. He, that's why holy, holy, holy Lord God Almighty. Like, you know what I mean? Like you reap what you sow, no doubt. Mm -hmm. But you know when when you're faithful and you're obedient, you know, man. He like he says like an earthly father knows how to give a good gift, and we're evil. Mm -hmm. How much more does a heavenly, holy father know how to give a good yeah. gift? Yeah. And so it, it's the same thing. You know what I mean? Like you're gonna discipline your son or your daughter if they're performing or do, they're doing things wrong and bad you know what i mean you're gonna get on them like no i gotta take away your phone no you gotta get a spanking whatever you know what i mean mm -hmm. when they're doing good and they're getting a pluses you about to bless them you're like oh you're sweet 16 oh yeah let me give you a call you know what i mean it's like say you're you got a 16 year old son and he's been dominating high school doing great 
being just a good son. You're like, yeah, I'm going to get you that Wrangler, that Jeep Wrangler for your 16th birthday. You're getting ready to get it. But then right before he's getting ready to get it, he starts going off the deep end the complete opposite. You know what I mean? You're going to bless him when he's doing good, and you're going to get on him when he's doing bad. All out of love. And so... Yeah. There's a verse that I'm, that's comes to mind that I can look up real quick. Um, but it's in Hebrews, and it talks about how... Um, the same part, it's Hebrews 12, when it uh, says... God disciplines those who he loves. It says our earthly fathers taught us discipline and we respected them. How much more our heavenly father? Mm. And it's like, Ooh. I remember I had a conversation with a friend about a, about that because um, uh, we had gone to some church and and he had just moved to a new town and went to a church and he was freshly moved there. So he's like, I'm ex- church, ex- church hopping, exploring like what church I can get plugged into and whatnot. And I went with him and this pastor was talking about how the, God disciplines those whom he, who he lo- whom he loves. And I was stoked. I had just come back from my first ministry school, and I was like, wow, like, there's a pastor talking about this? I've never heard no, no sermon about God's discipline. This is awesome. And then, like, I was talking to my friends. I was like, guys, what do you think? And they were like, oh, we didn't like that. And I was like, what? Why not? And they're like, because God doesn't discipline people. It's just like, if you get disciplined, it's the punishment of your sin. And I was like, no, I'm pretty sure God disciplines you. And they're like, no, no, it's just like, if you sin, there's consequences, and it's just a natural consequence that, like, the bad things that happen after you sin is just like, you know, two plus two equals four. You, you touch the hot stove, you're going to get burned type thing. And I was like, but no. And I was, like, going to fire it up because it was, like, three against one. And mm. I'm also petty, so when I get into arguments, I feel like <laughs> there's, like, no. So when I'm like, oh, I'm being ganged up, ganged, quote, unquote, ganged up on the argument, I'm like, now I'm really not going to let this point go, you know? And then I was like, so I Googled something, I found Hebrews 12, and I was like, look, guys, it says, God disciplines whom he loves. And they're like, no, we don't see it like that. And I was like, what do you mean you don't see it like that, guys? It's clearly right there. And they're like, <laughs> I don't know if we ever, I think after, like, uh, we, we didn't ever finish the conversation, truly, but they mm-hmm. came around eventually. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Hebrews 7, uh, 12, 7 says, it is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline in which all have participated, that's a point right there, all have participated in God's discipline if you're his son or daughter, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Crazy. Like, mm. So God's not disciplining you. He might not be his son. Yeah. Oh, no. There's no doubt about it. You can look at it. Look at the Pharaoh. Like God, people would, in the fleshly mind... They're like, you know, Job talks about it. Um, what's the, I can't pronounce the other book right now, but he talks about how like these people on earth are denying the Lord and, you know, they're giving them the middle finger left and right. And yet it seems like they're prospering Yeah. and they're, they're taking over all this land. They're getting all these riches and all this possessions. But is that really the blessing or is that the curse? Because they're dominating so hard in their fleshly mind, in this earthly mind, that they have a hard heart of, of pride. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, And if that pride's so great, then they're never going to run to Abba. Mm-hmm. So if they're not going to know Abba, run to Abba, yeah. then that's going to be exactly that. Get away from me, evildoer. I never knew you. Which, therefore, you're not going to be with him for eternity. Or the contrast is, is the Lord whoops you down on this earth. Like he even says, he's like, is it better to... Enter heaven, have losing one eye, and enter heaven and be with the most high, or losing one arm? Yeah. Or is it better to have both eyes and both arms and go to the pit of fire of hell for mm-hmm. eternally? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like locking in. Dad, he loves us so much that he's like, I will whoop you down and break you. I'll make you paralyzed. I'll take away everything in this earthly realm. Because this is just a blink of an eye to keep you eternally. 
He's like, I love you too much. I'll do whatever I got to do in this realm to get you eternally. You know what I mean? Now, if he hates you, it's like, yeah, go ahead. And it's like, he's not even, he's like, go ahead. Thank you. You're getting away with all this. Like the guilty, by no means will they get away with it. Uh-huh. So it's like, yeah, oh. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because like even continuing through uh, Hebrews, it says, besides this, we've had earthly fathers who disciplined us and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for our short time, as it seemed best to them. But he disciplines us for our good, that may that we may share in his holiness. Mm. For the moment, all discipline seems painful. So, for the moment, all discipline seems painful. And it says, um, rather than pleasant, but later it yields a peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Mm. And so it's like when we're in seasons of hardship and when we're in seasons of like being disciplined, it's like, okay, like this is for my discipline, this is for my good. And the product of this is I'll be holy. Mm-hmm. Like that's something that's like, okay, that kind of gives you perspective to, to hold on and to get their attitude correct and, and, and stay committed. Stay committed. Because elsewhere in scriptures, as a people without vision perish, mm-hmm. right? And so you got to have some perspective of what the end game is. What is the purpose of all this? And so if we're in hard seasons, whether it's for God's discipline or it's just life sucks sometimes and you go through hard seasons without any reason, either you are being disciplined and so you're going to produce holiness or. James says, "Count it all joy when you face trials of many kinds, for the perseverance or the testing of your faith produces perseverance." Mm. Right. So either you're being tested and you're going to persevere and have holiness, or you're being disciplined and you're going to persevere and have holiness. Yeah, but you regardless, know? it's him using it. Like it's not just random seasons. No, not at all. Because like, like Job, he was balling out for the Lord. Most high sitting on his throne. He's like summons the devil. He's like, "Where are you coming from?" Yeah. He's like, "Oh, you know where I'm coming from, to and fro from the earth." And God's yeah. like. Pretty much like, are you even doing your job? Like, because I have a servant down here, Job, who's balling and dominating. And he mentions, God mentions Job to the enemy. Yeah. So it's like, these aren't just random seasons. Not at all. It's like, what's faith without being tested? And that goes right back to the rejoicing you're suffering. Because that's the opportunity to grow more and realize who the Most High is. Yeah. But like, even in going through all these different seasons and stuff, like learning how he's our anchor. Like, even when we're doing great. Like, I think it's Mm -hmm. David who says... Don't make me, it's David, maybe, or Solomon. He's like, don't make me too rich and think I don't need you. And don't make me too poor to where I'm going to steal. And then what, Ecclesiastes, he's like, don't make me overly righteous. That's something that you wouldn't even think would be in in the book. Don't make me overly righteous and suffer more than needed. And don't make me overly wicked and die before my time. Wow. So it's like a balance. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Crazy. And there's a part at the end of Job where it says, it says, it says that God is the one who did everything, which we know it's like mm-hmm. Satan came to him. But it, at the end, it says the Lord restored the fortunes of Jacob when he had prayed for his friends. The Lord gave Job, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Then came to him all his brothers, sisters, and all who had known him before and ate bread, and they showed sympathy and comforted him. The Lord had brought upon, oh yeah, and they showed him sympathy and comforted him for all the evil that the Lord had brought upon him. That's like what, and and it's like at the deconstructionist work right there. <laughs> That's for what? I was like almost deconstructionists are like, see, God's terrible. Look at this verse. Oh, I to read it to you. Yeah, well, like seeing it, like I was talking to somebody the other day, and I was like, because they were asking me, I was explaining to them about the innocence of how we were before the fall, mm-hmm. and so like I'm explaining to them an analogy. I'm like. If we had like a, a one-year-old or a two-year-old in here and there's a gun on the table and the two-year-old accidentally pulled the trigger mm-hmm. and it shot like one of us, you know, mm-hmm. 
we're just shot. Ain't nothing happening to the two-year-old. The two-year-old ain't going to jail. You know what I mean? He's like, damn, you just got shot. Because <laughs> <laughs> ain't nothing going to happen to that two-year-old. You know what I mean? It don't know no better. Yeah. That's how we were originally before the fall. You know what I mean? We, you know, we hadn't eaten the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Mm-hmm. And we were innocent, just like as innocent as a baby is. That's why we like love seeing babies. They're just so innocent. Mm-hmm. And so while I'm explaining it to him, the guy asked, he's like, well, why did God put the gun on the table? And I'm like, there we go. I get all hyped. Like, that's a great question. That's a sound mind. Yeah. Let's let's ask the real legitimate questions. Yeah. And he asked, and I'm like, that's exactly right. Why did God put the tree in the garden in the first place? You got a tree of eternal life. You got all these different things. Why did you put it in there in the first place? Mm-hmm. And then I started to explain. I'm like, that's exa- keep that mindset. And God willing, everybody has that mindset. Do ask those questions. Mm-hmm. And then I'm, I'm like, right? It's like, these are great questions. And I'm like, in that regard, God is love. And love doesn't persist on its own way. So it's like... As a man and a woman, would you want your woman to, would you want to force her to love you? Mm-hmm. No, you would want her to willingly love you. You wouldn't want to force, make her, you have to love me. Like, it's like, you would want her to willfully come to you, just as you would willfully go to her. That's why God's like, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. And it's mm-hmm. like, otherwise God would have made us robots with no conscience and we would have just done it. And even then, if you made us robots and it's like, make us robots to praise you, it's like, it's not even true praise then, you know what I mean? It's like the four creatures that sit around the throne, all they sing all day long, all day and night is holy, holy, holy is Lord God Almighty. Uh-huh. Why? Because all they do is see what he does all day and they're like amazed by his holiness. Yeah. And it's realizing that they willfully choose that. And that's where it's all at. That's why the flesh is weak, but the spirit is willing. But it's he's given us a choice. Like He was like, you can follow me or you can do what... Because it would happen before humans, yeah. the fallen, the, the enemy himself, the adversary, he turned against God mm-hmm. willfully mm-hmm. and then convinced the third to turn against him. So it's like it happened before humans. And he's trying to stimulate that all the way down to earthly realm and the humans doing it as well. So it's all coming from what he says, the father of lies. But it's like even then, that's God's devil. God willfully decided that I want you all to have free will to be able to side. So he created the devil. He knew what was going to occur. and But that's God's devil used for purposes that he decided to use him for. That's why, just like back in the beginning of Job, you look at it, he comes up. Who's the devil running to? God, the creator, being obedient in regards to how God was like, I'm going to use you. That's why it's like forms of torment. It's like you go apart from God's path. God says before every man, he said what? Life and blessings or death and curses. So from the very beginning, that's his word right there. He said, life and blessings are death and curses. You get to choose. Do you want to walk with the Most High? Do you want to walk in his Holy Spirit and his love? Or do you want to choose the opposite? And that's what happened in the Garden of Adam and Eve. Now, yeah, he did manipulate and trick them. Mm-hmm. But that's how it started from the very jump. Yeah. I was talking to someone today at a poke shop, and I was sharing the gospel with him. And um, explaining how like the tree of knowledge of good and evil wasn't actually like, we call it the knowledge of good and evil. But really, if you think about it, it was actually just knowledge of evil. They had all good. They had everything. Everything was good. And so when you realize that, oh, this is truly like the knowledge of evil. And then because people are like, well, God, why did God put it in their testament? It's like, God told them essentially, don't eat the tree of evil. Mm-hmm. Because, like, you don't need to know that. You know, like you don't know any, you don't know any evil right now. All you know is good. Well, the, so, well they didn't know like of the commandments. Because commands didn't exist. Well, well, that's what I mean. Yeah. yeah. Because they didn't know of anything. All they had was only one commandment. Mm-hmm. There was only one. Yeah. It was don't eat of this. That was it. You're free to do everything else you want to do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's, it was just simply that one. And the enemy tricked them in a double-fold trick. 
if I can get you to break this one rule, because there's only one for you, you break that one, but it was a double fold trick, because now once you broke that one and you unleashed a whole nother account of rules that you would now have to abide, that you're oh. no chance are you going to be able to follow all those if you couldn't even follow one. Yeah. yeah. So that's, he's smart, no yeah. doubt. Yeah. yeah, crazy. Yeah, so to kind of push back on what we've been talking about this whole time of like, God will discipline you if you do this, God will discipline you for that. Sometimes people will go through things and think, is this because I sinned? And maybe sometimes the answer is yes. But also we see when Jesus, healed, they would like try to heal the, I think it was a paralytic or something like that, and the disciples couldn't, you know, and, and then Jesus comes down from the transfiguration and they're like, Jesus, who sinned, him or his mom, that he's like this, or him or his mm -hmm. parents? And Jesus is like, neither. He actually, yeah, he's like, no, he's like, this one just comes out by prayer and fasting. Mm -hmm. He's like, oh, this isn't upon you. This isn't mm -hmm. like a discipline thing. This is just, you have a demon, mm -hmm. you know? And so what is, how do, what do you feel about that with like yes. that, that dichotomy? Like sometimes mm -hmm. you're being disciplined. Sometimes it's demonic oppression. Yeah. Oh yeah. No doubt. Exactly. So I'm glad, yeah, you went over that. There's a balance in all of this. There's no one absolute, oh, I'm going through this. It's because I sinned. Mm -hmm. If that was the case, we would all be destroyed. Like God <laughs> obliterated us all, like straight up because we all sinned from, from yeah. the jump and we all deserve death. Mm -hmm. But so in that regard, that goes back to like, yeah, my sheep know my voice. Mm -hmm. So when you're talking to Abba and Abba's telling you this or that, it's like, you're going to regards of like what he's trying to lighten you like, hey, keep on pushing or hey, did I tell you not to do this? And then you went and did this. Mm -hmm. So it all comes to like a personal thing of like, Job, what did what what did Job do? Job didn't do nothing wrong. Remember his three brothers come up and, you know, they even what shaved their head, put poured dust on them and or stay quiet for what, seven days straight with them. Mm -hmm. But then the best thing they did. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they stay quiet during that time. And they and they they put themselves low and suffered with him while he suffered. Mm -hmm. And wow. at that time, it was just pure love of like. Dang, you got it tough. Hmm. And they just wow. kept themselves quiet. But then after that seven days, what happened? They're like, surely you're sinning. No doubt you, you got to be, be sinning. Like, this, this is so bad. Yeah. It's such a funny thing. Like, it's like, I don't know if it's a guy thing or if I'm just like impatient and I know other people who are. But it's like you watch someone go through a hard season and then you're like empathizing. And then after some time, we're like, my gosh, dude, get it together. What just pick what are you up. doing? Like what is like you're like empathetic uh -huh. to a point. You can't be sick for this long. Yeah. Like what yeah. yeah, what get better, dude. Oh like get some sun. Uh -huh. What is happening? Go see a doctor. I got these boils. Yeah. You know? Uh -huh. Uh -huh. <laughs> it's such a funny thing, guys. I'm like, hey, I get it, bro. It's sad. And then you're sad for too long. They're like, okay, dude. Yeah, it's too long Stop. that you've been suffering, Stop bro. Being like, sad. I can't suffer this much longer. You're doing something wrong. Uh -huh. yeah. bro, straight up. That's exactly yeah. what happened. Yeah. You know, he says nothing new happens underneath the sun. So it's like what we're experiencing is already written. Isn't that how it's so cool? We go through our journey and our experience. You learn something via experience and you know it in your heart and it's written on your heart, a certain rule or lesson. Mm -hmm. And then you go to the word, read it, and it all it does is testify and stamp what you already knew. Or vice versa. You read the word, you find something out, you've never experienced it, but you read it and then all of a sudden, boom, you experience it and it was exactly what he had said. Mm -hmm. It's like, but yeah, and Job, that's a perfect example. It's like he's going all through this and he hadn't done anything wrong. And then after they, you know, they, they bring themselves low to be with them, eventually they turn and they're like, bro, you're, you're doing something. Your dog, your family, somebody's doing something evil. Mm. And yeah. it was like, it wasn't that at all. Yeah. So then there's, there's a balance in it all. And that's why talking to Abba is important. And as he even says, you know, and even this is a balance, lean not to your understanding, but trust in God and all his ways. You know, his ways are higher than our ways, mm. just like as the heavens and the skies are. So it's like, even then there's a balance where you just keep on pushing, but I, to me, the most important thing is, yeah, I mean, talking to him because you do need to know. It's like, what's up, Lord? Like, am I, this is just testing, am I doing something wrong? Mm -hmm. David talks about it all the time. He's like, Lord, expose my heart to me. 
I need to know where I'm at because I don't know my heart. He says the heart is wickedly deceitful. Who can know it? So it's like, expose it to me, please, because you know my heart, but I don't know it. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's good. Wow. That's good. Well, we're coming up on the hour mark. Yeah. So maybe as we bring the show to a close, we can ask you the question we always ask every guest. Um, we, we started the show, kind of you already know, but like to answer the hard questions of the Christian faith mm-hmm. and to be a place where people can find like what has happened, kind of when you were in that position after college and you're like, God, what is happening? Mm-hmm. Asking those questions. And we like to be a resource where people can find some guidance or help or clarity on some of those. Um, and so with that, we want to ask, and we also always ask our guests, what has been like the most difficult question you faced in your Christian walk? Mm-hmm. And did you find an answer that helped you overcome or what was it that did help you overcome? Mm-hmm. Maybe I already talked about it. Yeah, you're like, oh, we've been talking the whole time. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, what's back to minute one? <laughs> Um, what's the most difficult question? It's like some people would be like, man, I thought about one day, like, why has God let people suffer so much? Like, how could he be good if he just lets, like, this pointless suffering happen? And it's like, like, earthquakes killing tons of people in Turkey. Like, why would God let that happen? Just kill tons of people. Like, how could he be loving if he did that? Or another person might be like, man, God's just so hidden. Like, if he revealed himself to me, like, I believe in him. But, like, I just don't see, like, how could you believe in something you don't see and stuff like that? Like, people have hard questions they go through. And some people find answers and some people fall away because of the questions that they have and so has there been like uh, a question in your life or maybe it's not a question maybe it's a situation that was so big that you're like man I don't know if I can follow God anymore because of this I don't know if I believe anymore because of this oh I guess that would come back to I guess where I started with how the suffering thing because he had asked me to do it again the suffering prayer really because at first after the first time (laughs) not again seriously because that's exactly how it was after I was like yeah not and I wouldn't have and he knew that, so he didn't even bring it before me. But then when I started getting close with him again, he was like, because it translates, like I said, to hope and that power. You know, he didn't give us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. So it's yeah. like, I want to be strong, you know? And so in it, though, it would come back to the part of realizing, um, like, God, how can you use something so vile, evil, mm. double-minded, lukewarm, like a Peter life? Yeah. It's like balling out for the Lord, and then yet you deny him straight up. It's like... And then, yeah, he even talks about how God came and comforted him through that. He, like, uses it all for good. So sometimes it's hard, you know, when you look at yourself and you realize all your shortcomings, all your, your playing the whore and all these things. And it's like, you know he's so holy and he deserves all these things. But the truth of the matter is, is we did crucify him. And may we never think that we're better than anybody else, a non-believer. He revealed himself to us. So that was given to us. How well we do well in ministry, sharing the gospel, loving people. That was given to us. And so that's all given to us. And then on the flip side of those who who don't know the Lord and obey him, it's like we were right there too. So it's at the end of the day, it's all been him. It's all been love. And so realizing like I guess no matter how bad or evil or wicked of the things that you've done or you know people have done or whatnot, knowing that what he did on the cross is sufficient and that he loves you and he's like, get up and his mercies are new and abound and it's like get up follow me today get up follow me today and renewing your mind daily just realizing like my grace is sufficient mm. I think that's like I guess the main thing to walk in with because I, I know how so many people are we all go through this journey and it's like it's it's a war mm. it's a war in one moment of slack look at David God said this is a man after my own heart mm-hmm. balling out for the Lord he had been been balling for the Lord mm-hmm. and then one moment of slack goes and does that kills Uriah like and Uriah was a gangster. It's like mm-hmm. he's like, no, I'm not sleeping with my wife. My brothers are out there on the battlefield. Yeah, and go and do that, and then yet, 
who wouldn't be like, how can you follow the Lord after that? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like you knew of his goodness your whole life and then yet you do this. So I guess my main thing would be like, you're worthy because the Lord says you're worthy. That's why we're not even the judges of ourselves. Thank God. We don't go in the court and I'm not to judge y'all in a way of, of the final judgment. As he says, you know, who is man to put me in any court of judging me? And then furthermore, thank God we're not the judge of ourselves. Because if we were a true judge and being honest, we're all screwed if we're judging ourselves if we're being honest. Yeah. All of us. So thank God I don't even judge yeah. myself. Yeah. That's where it's like, let's go. So locking into that mindset of stop judging yourself and letting the enemy come in. Because the enemy's gonna come in and try to tell you, you know, you're unworthy. You're 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 guilty, you're a sinner, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But then when you start to lock in with the most high and you realize, you know, as he says, my sheep know my voice. Mm. And he's like, you're righteous. You're made clean. Mm. You're new. I love you. And it's like you start to lock in with that. Then it's like, ah, and that's how you just push through, you know, the hardships, the journey, this war. Because we are going to suffer. Mm. He tells us it. You know, if you want to receive the glory of the son of the most high, you are to suffer as him. So long story short, in that regard, it's like no matter what you've done and no matter where you're at today, just... Get up and keep going, you know, renew your mind, accept the grace, the work that's already been done and completed, yeah. and push forward. That's there good. Go. That's Love the it. gospel right there. All thank right, you. guys, thank you so much for joining us again. Uh, come back next week and tell all your friends about it. Subscribe, comment, turn the notification bell on, leave a little review, Yeah. leave nice comments. Yeah, these guys are awesome. Or else we'll have to get petty with you. <laughs> Is there anything you want to plug before we go at all? Anything what? You want to plug? You know what I mean? Anything you want to plug, a book, or... Your Mario Kart skills. You want to be able to follow you on Instagram or anything uh, like that? No, just follow the most high. Follow the most high? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. No, you can go, you can go follow the most high. He's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Shoots, guys.